The world is a beautiful but challenging place to live. And let's face it, life hits hard sometimes. So if you find your hopes and dreams and mental well-being needs a boost, you're tuned in to the right podcast. Welcome to Inspire Us with your host, Jay Paul Nadeau, a former hostage negotiator turned motivational speaker and acclaimed author of Take Control of Your Life. And now, here's your host, Jay Paul Nadeau. Hello, and welcome to episode 22 of Inspire Us. Well, I'm inspired. Today, I introduce to you Joy McCarthy. And Joy is a holistic nutritionalist and founder of JoyousHealth.com, which is an award-winning website focused on healthy living. She's a lover of nourishing and delicious foods. She's a best-selling author of three cookbooks, Joyous Health, The Joyous Cookbook, and Joyous Detox. She also has a podcast. She's got a lot to offer. And today, she's going to be talking about our overall health when it comes to nutrition, exercise, meditation, and actually, since speaking with Jill, my eating habits have improved. So here's a podcast that offers a lot of different insights from different people. And the idea is that we collect the good stuff. And I collected good stuff on this podcast with joy. And I'm certain you will too. And so without any further delay, I introduce to you Joy McCarthy. Hello, Joy McCarthy. It's such a pleasure to have you on Inspire Us. I am so glad that you took your time to come on the show and to share your knowledge and expertise. Joy, I've been looking at your websites. You have such a vast knowledge in nutrition and health. And I really enjoyed listening to some of your podcasts and to looking at your website. It's beautiful. We're going to talk about that. Thank you. Yeah, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But I wanted to get you on the show because, as you know, uh, these are difficult times for a lot of people. And especially Mm -hmm. now, we're, we're getting close to wintertime. And instead of straightening the curve with COVID-19, we've kind of gone the other way and the curve is getting bigger and bigger every day. And in some countries, it's just getting overwhelmingly impossible to control at the moment. As a result of everything that is happening, there's an awful lot of stress, anxiety, depression. And I know that we can do things mentally to help us through these difficult times, but what is it that we can do as far as nutrition and just taking care of ourselves in a more holistic way? Oh, well, there's so many things that you can do to care for your body. And I, I think it's understandable that, you know, people naturally are grabbing, gravitating towards more comforting foods, whether that be making lasagna or baking their own bread, um, <laughs> drinking a lot of wine. But The challenge is that if you are drinking every night or if you're just indulging in a lot of sweets and then stimulants, it is at a cost to the body Um, because essentially when we are going through a stressful time, it is very nutrient intensive and our body actually requires 
more magnesium, more B vitamins, more nutrition. So when we're going through stressful times, stress is nutrient intensive. We need more nutrition, but that's often the times that we're actually then not eating well and drinking too much and not drinking enough water and eating essentially nutrient dead food, whether that's a lot of white pasta or just a lot of sugary foods, too much coffee. I mean, coffee has health benefits too, but um, whenever you're going through a stressful time, that's the time more than ever that you want to support your body so that think of your body is like, it's like this bank. And when you put in good food, you're putting money into the bank and it's an investment in yourself. But when you're eating nutrient dead food, you're always kind of taking. And when you are stressed out, you're always utilizing nutrients because magnesium is our most potent anti-stress mineral. So we have to get that from our diet. B vitamins are our most potent anti-stress uh, vitamins. So essentially in a nutshell, I can go more specific, of course, but I'm not saying don't eat comfort foods uh, because I think that it's actually good to be connected with our food, uh, not be disconnected, have a good relationship with our food. I think that we should get joy and pleasure from our food, but it's a mindset change of like, what is a healthy comfort food versus an unhealthy comfort food? All right. And you, what you said about the bank uh, is a great visual because you're right. If we don't eat healthy, we're kind of taking all that uh, good stuff out of us and, and pouring something bad into us. Does, does our eating, our eating habits affect our mental health? Oh, a hundred percent. So think of the food you eat as the raw materials to make things like neurotransmitters. So neurotransmitters are your brain hormones, like your serotonin that helps you sleep well and helps with appetite control, helps you feel calm, dopamine. So the very foods that you eat every day, what you put on your dinner plate is literally providing the raw material for your body to make neurotransmitters that keep you happy and calm and help you sleep well. So a lot of people crave carbs and sugars, especially in the evening, because they're craving that feeling that serotonin gives them. So it's almost like a brain craving in a way. The importance, I guess, is getting all those nutrients into your body that will help you fight whatever it is, maybe even the virus off. Mm -hmm. um, now, you mentioned that B vitamins and magnesium are really important. Can people get that through a supplement and not solely through their food? Because I know myself, and, and I will admit to you, and we had a conversation before we started this podcast, but I don't eat uh, the best. My my mm -hmm. my eating habits are not the best. I eat once a day, and it's not always a, a balanced meal. But I do right. try to take supplements. Is that going to make a difference, or am I just right off a my moderate rock? difference? Yeah, but I always like to say you can't out supplement. You can't supplement out an unhealthy diet. Did I say that right? Essentially, supplements are only supplemental to a healthy diet, and they kind of like help to fill in those nutrition gaps. So. What I would recommend to you and to those listening is to really just focus on whole foods. And you might think, well, whole foods, like what does that even mean, Joy? Um, and when I say whole foods, like ask yourself when you're eating food, is this something that you know where it came from? Did it grow in the ground? Um, did at one point it run across a field? Was it in the ocean at one time? Was it plucked off of a tree? And this is a really simple way to evaluate how you're eating and, and are you in fact eating enough whole foods? 
And for those of you who are nodding their head, your listeners who are like, yes, Joy, I totally eat whole foods. I don't eat processed stuff. I avoid food additives and food coloring and I read my labels. Great. But to take it to another level, then I would say, are you eating enough plant-based foods? Because we need to be eating around 30 different plant foods a week for the health of our body. Now that may seem kind of overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, my um, eyebrows just went up. You saw that, right? Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a lot. Well, for you, I would say because you're fasting and you only eat one email a week, that's more difficult, but that's probably not the average person. I imagine the average listener is probably eating three meals a day, sometimes having snacks, but I promise you eating like 30 different plants per week is easier than you think. Like for lunch today, I had soup and it had sweet potato. It had carrots. It had celery, onions, garlic. It actually had sweet potato noodles which were like a rice baked noodle. So that I get another point for that. So I actually had six different plants in my lunch today. And it's really, really critical, especially during a pandemic when we're feeling more stressed that we eat lots of whole foods. So we get lots of micronutrients. Most people focus so much on macro. Macro is carbs, proteins, and fats. And they don't actually think beyond that. Um, or some people don't even think about macro and all they think about are calories in and calories out. And that is not a way, that's not a great way to nourish the body because calories actually really mean nothing. Like you, someone might be shocked to see how calorically dense a meal that I eat is, yet I don't gain weight, I feel great. So you can look at two meals. You could look at like a junk food meal. Say you have a meal that's 800 calories but it's like French fries, a it's just like fast food. And you have a meal that I'm eating, like for example, tonight I'm gonna make some homemade pad thai and it'll be higher in calories because I'm gonna use coconut milk. So say both of those meals, one is healthy, one is not, they have the exact same calories. You think, okay, that's fine. They might even have the same macronutrients, carbs, proteins, and fats. But the difference is the effect on my body when I eat it. The one that's healthy has a totally different hormonal effect on my body. My insulin is balanced. My metabolism is boosted. I feel satiated. I feel good. I feel happy. Whereas the other one really negatively affects my insulin levels, which could potentially spike and then, and then, sorry, my sugar levels spike insulin secretes and brings it down too low. So there's a totally different metabolic and hormonal response that you get from two meals that could have the same calories and the same macros. So it just goes to show you that it's about quality of food, eating, ensuring that you're getting lots of micronutrients. Um, and that was, I know I went off on a bit of a tangent there because you just simply asked me about supplements. Mm. But um, I think that supplements are good, but if you're not eating well, then what is your gut health like? And are you even absorbing and assimilating those nutrients that you're taking in a pill format? So I always say supplements are supplemental to a healthy diet. No, that's something I really have to change then because thank you for clarifying that. I've been guilty of it too. I look at, okay, there's so many calories in this. It can't be so bad for me. But yes, I don't know what's going on inside my body at this time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and having, uh, and it makes sense, like just uh, having looked over your website and having uh, listened to your podcast, it makes sense that what we put into our bodies is going to translate in some way towards our mental yeah, well, well-being. Totally. And these, what kind of foods can we 
uh, well, you already explained that, but what would you recommend for people to start doing as far as if they have bad eating habits right now? How yeah. can how can they kind of change that, uh, especially with these these difficult times? And as I said, for it's sure. going to get it's going to get worse in the winter time. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of we're going to be indoors, and a lot of people are not going to be outdoors. So, yeah. what is it that people can do to change their their lifestyle, and not only their food lifestyle, but what else would you recommend for their mental well being and their physical well-being. Yeah, I'm so glad you I'll touch on the food part first. But I just want to say I'm so glad you asked me that question, because so much of our wellness is um, it's beyond just our food, right It's beyond our dinner plate, you know, as a holistic nutritionist so right. much and I'm sure what you've seen on you've heard on our podcast and on my website. So much of what I've talked about is also about having a, a healthy lifestyle, which right. is just as important as, as what you eat. I wouldn't say actually, you know, I'm a nutritionist, you think I'm all about food, but I actually wouldn't say food is more important than all of these other things that we could be doing for our health. Right. So I think, you know, I think what's most important for people is baby steps. Um, I think there's a very small percentage of the population that's like, Joy, just tell me everything. I'm going to do 100% everything you say. I'm going to eat three perfect meals a day. So that's not realistic. And most people actually who, who are type eight and say that they want to do that and they want to follow a meal plan, they're going to do everything I say actually end up like crashing and burning. Mm. So I recommend baby steps. And if you don't know how to eat, if someone doesn't know how to eat properly, just start with breakfast. Just, and, and I know you fast, so let's, let's not, we'll, you know, let's just pretend you did eat breakfast. Right. right. And by the right. way, there's nothing wrong with fasting. I think there's, you know, lots of scientific proven benefits of fasting but the average person probably is not fasting. So the average person might just skip breakfast, not because they're fasting, but because they just don't have time mm -hmm. or um, maybe they ate too much before they went to bed. So therefore they're not hungry first thing in the morning because they haven't even finished digesting their dinner. But what I really want to um, emphasize is the importance of baby steps. So that's why I always suggest like start with one good meal. Just, you don't have to get breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right? Just get one. So for you, Paul, because you only eat one meal, <laughs> it's going to be easy for you. You want to make a couple of modifications to that one meal. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah. So for you, you mentioned that you love like chicken, chicken wings. I would suggest to you that you roast some sweet potato or some broccoli, roast some broccoli and cauliflower with some sea salt and olive oil and some garlic. Just roast some vegetables and have those with the chicken wings. You can still enjoy your chicken wings, but it's you're adding something in. I think people get really like stressed out and like worry about their diet when they think, oh, joy is just going to take everything good away from me. I'm not going to do that. I don't recommend that. I All I'm saying is put more good stuff in and then you have less room for the bad stuff. Get in a good nourishing breakfast. Do that for seven days in a row. And then when you feel like you've nailed that, then add, add on to that. So each week I would say, I always recommend to people add one good new habit each week. By the end of four weeks, you're going to have four new habits. So, you know, breakfast could be making, um, you know, steel cut oats and have put some superfoods in there, like mulberries, some cinnamon, a little bit of, you know, local honey. Mm -hmm. um, it could be a smoothie. If you don't like to eat a lot for breakfast, it could be an avocado toast. It could be, you know, scrambled eggs. Just keep it simple, whole right. foods. And let's talk about lifestyle now. Sure. Um, because there's so many things that people can do, again, that are simple, that can really, really help their mental health and boost their energy and vitality. And I think that simple steps are important because they get us on an upward spiral. And that's in a good way. 
They get us in an upward trajectory. As soon as we start doing something good for ourselves, we start to feel better and we want to do more good things. It's just like, you know, when you start like a new exercise program, you naturally want to do more good things for you because mm -hmm. it boosts your confidence. You feel better in your body. And you're like, you know what? I don't want to eat fast food. I've just done an awesome workout. And right now is the time that my muscles are like ready to like store up, um, you know, all those minerals and that protein and my body knows to, what to do with those carbohydrates. So now is the time to eat like a really good meal, but from a lifestyle perspective, there's small things we can do that can get us feeling more positive and feeling like we have energy to do the things that we need to do. So I'm a really big fan of meditation. It's free. Anyone in the world can do it. You can do it anywhere, anytime. And many people are already meditating and they don't even know it by going for a nature walk and not thinking about anything other than where they're at. So I really believe that if the entire seven and a half billion people on planet earth meditated, we would have more peace. We would have more happiness. The world would be a safer, better place. So meditation, there is so much science. I'm sure you're aware of it based on like, you know, all the research you do we know that meditation literally changes the brain. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually got into meditation more deeply during COVID. And I swear meditation is what has helped me survive this pandemic. And the stress has been my regular meditation practice. Mm. I think a lot of people get very overwhelmed by it though. Do you meditate yourself? I do. Yes. I have a couple of programs that I follow and I have uh, an app. Amazing. Of, Which yeah. app do you use? Calm? Uh, yes. The calm one. Yep. Calm up. Yep. There's yep. so many apps and lots of them are free. So it's easy. There's yeah. no reason not to do it. Well, you're right. And you mentioned, uh, you know, taking a walk in nature being a form of meditation. And that is so very true. Uh, especially during these times, I found that for a while there, when I was feeling a little bit of COVID burnout, I was staying at home and, and not getting up as, as early as I normally would. And I didn't feel all that inspired to, to be active. Uh, that only lasted a short period of time. But when I started getting out for long walks and went out to, we have a park in Toronto. I'm sure you're familiar with it, High Park. I've been there a few times and just taking a walk in nature just seems to make all the difference in the world. And when I started my meditation here at home, even five minutes would make a huge difference yeah. of just, you Absolutely. know, being alone by yourself. Yeah. 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 Um, so it's funny you mentioned High Park. That's my backyard. That's where I live. Ah. I, we, we say that High Park is literally our backyard it's just across the street. So I go twice a day. Um, but the amazing thing about nature is just breathing in, like when you smell a tree, a pine tree, when you actually breathe in those essential oils, they actually have a physiological effect on you. So it lowers your blood pressure, it lowers cortisol. So when you went, when you go for those nature walks and you feel so good, it's not just because you're like, oh, it's so nice to breathe fresh air. You are literally breathing in natural medicines that are within the forest. So there is so much science on the power of nature. Um, there's a really great book I love called Your Brain on Nature. And they have even done studies on children to show that children like who, you know, have a playground with trees are actually more productive and have better attention span at school. Like there's so much research on the power of nature. And uh, similar to you, Paul, that's like, that has definitely nature for me, I feel is a prescription for wellness. And you know, there's many European countries, you know, you go to your doctor, and they're actually writing down like you need to have 30 minutes of nature 
here every single day. And I think nature is definitely a way to uh, boost your mood. Just going for a five minute light jog in nature can boost serotonin levels. Like there's so many incredible benefits to nature, to meditation. Yeah, all these things, exactly. Uh, And as you said, it's not just about the food. It's about, uh, you know, getting out and and doing some meditation, taking walks, uh, exercising, and uh, a number of other things. What I like so many things about what you said, but your advice about taking baby steps and not making it overwhelming at the very beginning Mm -hmm. is so important, I think, and that's true of, of anything. I used to go to gyms. Now I do my workouts here with resistance bands and I have, and I have an exercise bench and, and some weights. But when I first went to the gym, I wanted to overdo it Mm -hmm. to the point where you would actually feel the pain, you know, you'd, you'd, you couldn't move the next day and you're thinking, what am I doing this for? It's just too much. And I see that all the time. People are picking up big weights and they're they're working out yeah. and working out and then you don't see them anymore because they, yeah. they didn't learn to take it slowly, right? Yeah, and the same applies to nutrition. Like when you're when you decide, okay, you know what? I'm gonna start eating more vegetables. Um, that doesn't mean now you're gonna eat a salad three meals a day, right? Right. It can just mean like adding some vegetables with whatever it is you normally have for dinner, or you know, instead of like eating salted roasted peanuts as a snack, maybe instead you're switching it to walnuts and having some sliced apple with it. And I think a big, a big part of people being successful is also uh, being prepared. So that's why I think it's really important to like, you know, on Sunday afternoons or something like prepare, like make sure you've grocery shopped, Mm. like make sure if you put good food in your fridge, you're going to eat good food. Like if, if you put good stuff in, then it's available, right? So I recommend grocery shopping at least once a week uh, and making sure in your fridge or in your cupboards, you have a snack shelf where you have your things that you can quickly grab when you want something um, that's fulfilling. So make sure you, you like do everything you can to like really support yourself. What would some of the healthy snacks then be as, as opposed to grabbing a bag of chips, which, which I've done before too. I've got my favorites and I'll sit there and, you know, I, I'll only have a few. And, and by the end of uh, the evening, I've had the whole bag. Um, so there's yeah, just, sure. you know, I mean, that happens. And <laughs> what are some of the healthy snacks that you would recommend for people to, to keep on hand that might give them a little bit of a, a boost? Yeah. So I think if you like salty snacks, it sounds like that's kind of your thing. I would then If you like these, I would recommend them. Do you like olives at all? I love olives. Okay. Olives are a great salty snack. And Mm. the nice thing about olives is they they have lots of good fat. So they're going to be more satiating than a bag of chips. A bag of chips are just carbs, probably going to spike your insulin. Then you're going to be craving more. Um, You could have some olives. I also am a big fan of popcorn. Mm. But then if that's like a trigger food, because it is salty and you're like, Joy, but I can't just eat like one bowl of popcorn. (laughs) Then, uh, then popcorn maybe isn't the best option. But I recommend, um, you know, having a snack shelf where you have like nuts and seeds. And it's okay if some of them, like if you have some almonds that have a bit of salt on them, that's not the end of the world. If you feel though that that's a trigger food for you and you're like, Joy, I end up eating two cups of almonds, then maybe just buy the raw almonds. I like lots of nut and seed butters. I love, um, I love like chopping up an apple and slathering it with almond butter because almond butter has a nice natural sweetness to it. Uh, then having things like hummus and vegetables and have vegetables pre-cut. So you don't have to like cut anything, do that at the beginning of the week. Um, I personally love baking, but if that's overwhelming for someone, 
then don't worry about that. But I like to bake one thing on the weekend. So I have it for the week. So I might make like a healthy morning glory muffin, or I might make some like raw energy balls. Um, and you know, I'm always thinking about snacks because I actually have a five-year-old who is like always ravenous after school. And that is the time that she'll eat absolutely anything. So I've like really upped my snack game. I make a really yummy trail mix mm. and I put, um, I put, uh, Coke. Do you know what coconut smiles are? No, it's like, it's like, it's like dried coconut, but it's different than like a coconut flake. It's like they're, they look like little smiles. It's just raw coconut, but dried. Sorry. I, so I make my own trail mix for my daughter and for myself. I do, um, coconut smiles. I do some cranberries. I do some sunflower seeds. I put in a few chocolate chips, uh, because you know, it doesn't have to, you know, healthy eating doesn't mean that you don't have things that you really enjoy as well. Like if I want my daughter to eat this trail mix, I'm putting in chocolate chips because then she gobbles up the whole thing right? and not, you know, not just the chocolate chips. It's the same for us too, right? It's like a nice treat. So trail mix is a great option. Um, if I make a smoothie at breakfast, then I make sure I have leftover to have, you know, later on or, or, you know, give it someone in my family has it. So smoothies are a great option as well. Just keep your, keep your fridge stocked with good food because then you'll eat more good food. Well, I like what you said about uh, meal preparation or just planning. Uh, make sure that you have your fridge full on a Sunday. And do you, do you plan out, uh, I know a lot of people do this and, and especially people who are working out, they have uh, boxes uh, or they have uh, containers of different food. This is my Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, yeah. and they pull it out, you know? So they, they do their meal preparation all in one night. I, I know that you likely do not, but is that something that people can actually, uh, would that be good? Yeah, you know, it's funny that you assumed that I don't do that because a lot of people assume that I do. And you're right, I don't do that at all. I don't do, I, <laughs> because I just love food so much. And for me, that takes the fun out of food. Yeah. And I just really enjoy cooking. And um, I enjoy cooking for myself and for my family. That being said, like if someone wants to do that and they feel like that's going to help them eat healthy by making all their meals ahead of time and having it all in the fridge, and you want to devote the time to that, I say 100% do that. But my meal planning basically consists of, I like write on a post-it note, what all the main meals are for the week. And then when I grocery shop, I make sure I have all those proteins. So okay. I kind of plan out my, I plan my meals around a protein. And then I just always make sure my fridge is stocked with lots of different fruits and vegetables. That's kind of what's key. So I love fish. I love chicken. Um, and uh, we like chicken wings too. So I buy like organic chicken wings from my um, local health food store and I bake them. I put sea salt and pepper on them and I bake them till they're nice and crispy. They are so delicious. Mm. And then uh, we have like the other night we had that with like a big, huge salad, which was so delicious. So for us, I always make sure I have lots of good proteins in the freezer and I take that out in the morning and then I know kind of what I'm going to build my meal around. So healthy eating is not all that difficult. It's a matter of planning then. Yes, absolutely. Healthy eating really is not difficult. The, the, the difficult part, I think that the challenge that people have is getting organized. And if you can get organized and prepare for your week, then it's basically a no brainer. And then when you realize how good you feel when you're eating more healthy whole foods, you want to keep doing more of that. And I really want to dispel the myth that healthy food means you're eating like 
you know, oil-free salad dressings with skinless, boneless chicken breasts. Like that sounds to me like the worst thing to eat possible. Like not at all appetizing. (laughs) (laughs) Like food should be health. Yes, food should be good for you, but it should also taste really, really good. Otherwise you're just not gonna, you're not gonna continue with it. Well, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. If you're eating something bland every time, you're going to say, you know what? And I've had enough of this bland stuff. Let's just go yeah. for, let's go for the stuff that's not making us feel good, you know? Exactly. Uh, so one question I have for you here is not everybody has access to a health food store to buy some of the best ingredients. Uh, they, yes. they have a grocery store across the street, you know, a Metro, yeah. a Loblaws or something like that. Where should they actually focus? What should they be looking for to be sure that what they're getting is the healthiest that they possibly can? Yeah, I would recommend a simple way to grocery shop and you don't have to have a fancy health food store. And I also don't think you need like bucket loads of money to eat, eat healthy. What I recommend, I mean, I was shopping last night at No Frills and I did a massive grocery shop and it got tons of food for you know much cheaper than I would if I say went to like a Whole Foods. Uh, By the way, I don't shop at Whole Foods that often because it is a little bit more expensive. But what you want to do is look for single ingredient food. You know, apples don't have a label. Spinach doesn't have an ingredient label. Oats don't have an ingredient label. You, You know, fill your grocery cart with as many one ingredient foods as possible. Create your meals with one ingredient foods. You know, if you're making a beautiful pasta sauce, put tons of veggies in there. Put all those one ingredient ingredient foods. Yes, your meal is going to end up being 10 ingredients, but you started with simple whole foods because the problem is so much of the foods at the grocery store, not so much on the perimeter because the perimeter is where you find the produce. That's where you find dairy. That's where you find protein. But inside the grocery stores, all the packaged foods with all of the junk, with all of the ingredients that don't even really belong in our body. I mean, there's like up to 10,000 known food additives. These are chemicals made in a laboratory that we should not be ingesting. Their job is like to make, to extend foods shelf life, to preserve foods, to prevent foods from discoloring. So they add more coloring. Um, None of these food additives are doing anything good for our body. So I'm not saying, by the way, I never eat a packaged food because that's not true. I also love chips. I love like salt and vinegar. Neil Brothers chips Mm. are so delicious. Um, But I, the majority of what I focus eating on is like on just whole foods, singling foods that don't come in a package. It's also better for the environment too, to eat foods that aren't coming in a package. You have less garbage. Oh, I like what you just said about the one ingredient foods. Cause I really hadn't thought of it that way. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Spinach, there's no label apples, there's no labels. And so, yeah, that, that makes it a lot easier to, to select things that are good and nutritious for your body. So I, going to start doing that myself. Amazing. So, so yeah, this has been a, a form of therapy for me. So thank you very much, Joy. I'm going <laughs> to change, I'm going to take baby steps and start changing my, yeah. my eating habits, but um, Amazing. let's talk about some other ways that people might deal with stress uh, from a natural uh, perspective. What would you, mm-hmm. uh, so we talked about the power of meditation. We talked about the fact that just getting out uh, can make a, a whole difference in, yeah. in, what, in what you absorb. And I had no idea just walking out that you're going, these scents can actually change your body chemistry. I had no idea about that. Yeah, it's so cool. Uh, Ah, that is really cool. Things that we don't know unless we look into it. And if anybody is looking 
uh, to uh, to really improve their lifestyle uh, as far as uh, the holistic uh, nutrition approach and everything else. You, you got to go to Joy's uh, Joy's website, which we're going to talk about in just a few minutes. But uh, as we kind of wrap things up, what would you recommend for people to do during these highly stressful times to really improve their mental wellness and their nutrition? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to add one more thing to the, to the lifestyle list of things. And I think the importance of human connection, um, because we know that loneliness and isolation during this time is not good for our cardiovascular health. And, and we know that people are more lonely and isolated than they ever have been before ever, ever. So, uh, and we also know, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the research, the blue zones, so there's, there, have you heard of the blue zone research? I have not. So there's seven areas of the world where people live the longest, like Okinawa, Japan. There's an area in Italy. There's yeah. an area in Greece. Yeah. So people are living um, 200 years and beyond. But the difference is that they're living healthfully. You know, they're not 90 year olds that are, you know, being kept alive in a wheelchair, you know, being given food with an IV and taking 10 different pharmaceutical drugs. These are people that are living a long time to their not well into their nineties and into their hundreds, but living with good health. And what is a common element with all of these people when they've studied these blue zones is their sense of community and connection with other people. So ever more so important during COVID, if we can't, because we have to be social distance, there is still so many benefits of connecting with people whether it's online or like we're doing right now, we're on Zoom, having a FaceTime with someone, going for a social distance walk with someone, even just any kind of a human connection, smiling at a stranger when you go to the grocery store, holding the door for someone, asking the cashier how their day is. All of these things actually go into our good bucket of reducing our stress. And we know that for longevity and for reducing stress levels, human connection and community is like right up there. Uh, in terms of one of those things that can really help us live a long, happy life, especially well, now more than ever. Yeah, and we do need it now more than ever. And, and I've said that more than once. Um, and what you're talking about, good bucket, bad bucket, I think that's a great way of looking at, uh, at things. If you take just a few moments to see, okay, what is it that I'm putting into my good bucket? And what am I putting into my bad bucket? That's a visual that you I can like actually- that. Yeah. You know, take a look at your buckets. What, what, what bucket am I feeding yeah. here today? Yes. So yeah. And I love that analogy because you know what, you can use that with so many things. Like when you're eating, am I, am I fighting disease or am I fueling disease? And it doesn't mean that you can never eat things that fuel disease, but you want to make sure you fill up that bucket a lot more that is helping you fight disease and helping you feel great. And it's okay to have indulgences. It's okay to like treat yourself once in a while too. I think People think that nutrition is like an all or nothing. It's either you eat really well all the time or like throw in the towel and just eat garbage every time, every day. Like there's lots of indulge. I, I love, um, I love having a nice indulgence. Like, you know, my dad's birthday is this weekend. So I'm going to bake him a birthday cake mm -hmm. and it's going to be delicious. And is birthday cake something I eat every weekend? Of course not but it's something we're going to have this weekend. And the other thing I want to mention about food is really focus on foods that are very grounding during a time of stress and all the time. And so what that means is avoiding things that are stimulants. So sugar, caffeine, um, food additives, foods with food coloring and food additives are very 
they promote like a lot of hyperactivity in the body. We know that, you know, in studies, research shows that certain food additives even promote um, ADHD in children. So focus more on grounding foods. When I talk about grounding foods, like think about foods that like come from the earth, like Mm. oats and um, sweet potatoes and carrots and parsnips and celery. Kale goes, grows from the ground. Think about grounding foods. Um, and you know, if you're eating a pasta, for example, you know, consider like more ground, consider a pasta that's made with more grounding flours, like instead of white pasta that converts to glucose very quickly in the bloodstream and spikes your insulin and makes you, gives you a quick burst of energy followed by a crash. Look for like whole wheat or quinoa flour or camus flour, really grounding foods, um, will help you to really ground. Um, ground your body, essentially. I really like that because um, I hadn't really thought about that myself. And one thing that you touched on was caffeine. And I know that I have too much of that. I'm, I am I work a lot from home. And so I have over a pot of coffee a day, which I, Whoa. Know, I know you're about to give me heck. And, I and just, you said you don't sleep well. Well, just Bing. now. All right. Well, <laughs> Doesn't that wear off during the day? I'll, I'll shut it down around two o'clock in the afternoon. Like uh, you can see here that I have a coffee going here. Uh, so I guess I've been doing this wrong, right? <laughs> yeah, well, caffeine has a half-life of about five hours. So if you have like a regular, I'm thinking a grande cup of coffee has about 330 um, milligrams of caffeine. So then you still have in your bloodstream. If you have that at two o'clock, you know, by the evening, you still have a lot of caffeine in your bloodstream and caffeine stimulates the nervous system. Same way cortisol, right? Yeah. So for you, you can have like, like you love coffee, but then you want to have things that you, so that coffee is like, it's like the yin and the yang, right? Mm -hmm. You want to have other things that like help to balance that out. So like maybe in the evenings you have a chamomile tea, maybe you have some CBD oil, you have things that are bringing you down because you have a lot bringing you up. Not that coffee is a bad thing because it does offer a lot of antioxidants. But if you're having a pot of coffee, then I definitely say that is, that's a lot. Uh, it, it is. <laughs> I, I know. And whenever I mention this to my friends, uh, a lot of them raise their eyebrows and go, really? And I suppose I can't blame it, but I was a cop and uh, coffee drinking uh, uh, kept us going for yeah, uh, you know, d- during shifts and, and during long investigations, but I can't blame it on that. I, I still have this, this habit and I will definitely reduce that. Let's talk about wine uh, because uh, you mentioned wine and I think a lot of my listeners are really turning to wine uh, mm-hmm. to help relax them. And almost everybody I talk to uh, say, hey, I have uh, a couple uh, or more glasses of wine a night, uh, especially during these times, because they just want to escape. Yeah, and totally. Are there any benefits to, I've heard that there are medical, be- or not medical, but there are benefits, physical benefits to red wine. You, you hear, hey, yeah. it's almost like having a workout. Is that is that true? Well, it is, but if you're looking at wine as like a health food, then you should just eat some grapes because you're going to get more, a lot more antioxidants <laughs> yeah. um, and with none of the negative effects. Um, you know, I, I'm not like anti-alcohol by any means, but I do think it's important to understand that alcohol does have a downside to it as well, especially in COVID because, 
you know, if you're having three or more glasses of wine, then you're actually looking at suppressing your immune system, um, putting your body into a more inflammatory state. And we know, especially with COVID, um, particularly with people who are very healthy, but then get COVID and have a very quickly downward spiral, it's because there's something called a cytokine storm. And basically they have this massive load, COVID causes this massive load of inflammation. So they may have been very healthy, but they had this sort of, you know, silent, because inflammation is silent. They had this silent low grade inflammation all the time because of how much alcohol they drank and they don't you know, necessarily take the best care of themselves, but they're like, oh, I never get sick. So alcohol definitely promotes inflammation. It causes the gut to be more leaky. It can suppress the immune system. Am I talking one glass of wine every night? No, I'm not. So one glass of wine, I think is fine. Depending on you though, like I don't, if I had one glass of wine every night, I'd be so sluggish and groggy in the morning mm -hmm. because alcohol lowers your uh, metabolic rate. So for me, I actually don't drink. I used to drink every day um, and I don't drink at all anymore. It's probably been about five years oh, wow. um, and I just feel so great. And once in a while, if I do have a bit of wine, I just notice like how yucky I feel. So don't for, for your listeners, I don't want you to think you can never drink, but I don't, I don't recommend drinking excessively. And I would say that three or more glasses of wine is definitely excessive. And then you're looking in the territory of like, depressing your immune system, which is not good. No. And we've been talking about uh, the immune system and how important it is to keep it, uh, keep it strong. And uh, from what you've told me and what you've shared uh, with our audience here today is the importance of uh, proper nutrition during this COVID times, during any time period, uh, and getting out and medic meditation and exercise and everything like that. All these things will help, uh, and I know that I've got some changes to make in my own lifestyle, which uh, I'm so glad that I got to, to talk to you about. As we uh, wrap this up, is there anything else that you could share with our listeners that might help them get through these difficult times? Yeah, totally. Um, I would say, you know, try, try one new recipe a week. Mm. Get a cookbook from the library or go on my website and try a new recipe. Cause I think when you try something new, it gives you confidence in the kitchen. You realize how good you can make food taste and that you have the ability to make good choices for yourself. And because most people are working from home now, you probably have more time, you know, especially for those people, you know, I used to have clients who would like eat out five nights a week. Well, nobody is doing that anymore, especially now in Toronto, all the restaurant indoor dining is closed. Mm. Um, so I think, I try new one new recipe per week. I think that's, you know, really doable for most people, for anyone. I, I, I can't think of any excuse why someone couldn't try one new recipe. No, and you're right. And uh, to go to your website uh, is a, a great thing because I went to your website and there, there's certainly a lot there to, uh, to really help uh, you with. So where can people actually reach you or uh, how can they get in contact with you or how can they, uh, well, that's it. How can they reach you? Yeah. How can they get in contact with you? Yeah. So every week on our website, we have a new recipe video um, and new healthy living content. So at joyoushealth.com, um, they can go to, they can join our newsletter and they'll always get um, updates about what we're up to and sharing. Also, I have three uh, cookbooks. 
which you can pick up at a library. You could get on Amazon or better go to your local bookstore and support the independent bookstores. And, or I'm also on Instagram as well at joyous health. And I have a podcast like yourself, the joyous health podcast, um, where we interview amazing guests, uh, from all different backgrounds. And I just, I, I find, you know, podcast is the biggest growing medium right now. It's mm-hmm. just such an easy way to absorb information. I'm a huge fan of podcasts. I can't wait to listen to your podcast, by the way. Oh, well, thank you very much. I'm going to be uh, subscribing to yours well, because it's it's so informative and you you do have a number of different uh, guests from all kinds of uh, walks of life. And, and one of the ones that I was listening to this morning was with a doctor, I think it was Dr. Lisa Weeks uh, talking. Oh, yeah, she's great. Yeah, she was talking about stress and talking about some of the things that we're talking about here. And I thought, wow, and you're a great interviewer. And I, I so thank you uh, for coming on the show and sharing what you have with us, because again, it just grounds in us and using the word ground, but it grounds mm-hmm. in us the importance of a healthy lifestyle, especially during these pandemic and difficult times of uh, physical distancing and uh, seclusion and really taking care of your body, your temple is well, should be one of your priorities, right? I agree. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciated it. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much, Joy. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another insightful episode. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave your comments. For more information, check out our website at www.inspireus.ca. Remember, it's not what happens to us that matters most. It's how we respond to what happens to us that does. Stay strong and resilient.